All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an MSP Initiative Live. Today is January 11th. We're almost uh, right there at the middle of the month. First, what almost is two weeks uh, seems to have really just flown by. Uh, but yeah, we are we are already well into 2022. Um, I know I had a couple of people fill in for me over the last couple of weeks here, but uh, we are live and in technicolor and welcome to what is a cold cold um january at least here in the northeast it is as it usually is uh for everyone else um yeah like my 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 behind the scenes person here who's uh in sunny florida although i heard it was a little cold over the last couple of days sunny florida uh, I'm sure you're, you're, you're just dealing with the normal ebb and flow of weather and wherever you are. Um, we usually have Ken, uh, with us, uh, from PAX 8, Ken Patterson. Uh, he had a little bit of, a uh, conflict today, so we're not going to be seeing Ken and riding solo, but that's okay. We're still going to have fun. We're still going to go over a bunch of stuff. We're going to make this one of those, uh, check-in days, right? So a couple people on the line. Like my buddy, like my buddy Darren, I'm gonna pull you in. Feel free to unmute when you get a chance. Um, but anyway, welcome to 2022, and um, a couple of housekeeping items that are worth mentioning because <laughs> Darren said 2022 sucks. Come on, man, we're only 11 days in. We're only 11 days. Yeah, you know, like give it a chance. Give it a chance. No, I'm I'm ready for 2023. Oh man, there's a long time before 2023. Like, just take it easy, man. Take it easy. So let, let's get some housekeeping out of the way because, you know, it's it's worth mentioning what's happening and there's some stuff coming up pretty quick. So, of course, you have MSPinitiative.com, this session and every other session we've ever done in, in podcast format and video format. They're all here, right? So if you like to uh, listen while you drive or you like the video format, check it out here on their sessions. We'll be switching to quarterly giveaways this year. Last year we did monthly giveaways. Now we're just going to switch to quarterly, right? So we haven't put the you know first quarter's giveaway up yet. Stay tuned. We'll let you know when it's ready, but it will be under this giveaway page. Um, we'll have some cool stuff. Uh, refresh your roster for this year. Um, second to last in 41 days, that's right, 41 days in the third week of February, we will be at Zero Trust World. Uh, which is uh, hosted by Threat Locker. It'll be on International Drive uh, in sunny Florida, uh, right across the street from where everybody's used to going to IT Nation. Um, it'll be at the Rosen Plaza. Go ahead and Google that. Uh, but yeah, we'll be doing another MSP community block party uh, around, that, uh, around that conference. So number one, if you want to attend that conference, let us know. Uh, there, it does cost to go, but you're actually giving away some pretty cool stuff as part of being an attendee. And then obviously we'll also be hosting uh, the MSP community block party. We'll hopefully have a good time. And lastly, we will be shortly announcing our dates for Channel Strong 2022. That's right. Taking the bus back out of the garage. We're going to hit the road again. So uh, stay tuned because, uh, you know, that we're, we're coming to you on that one, right? Rather than you having to get on a plane and go somewhere. So uh, all of that is underway, uh, and we're pretty excited for that. I know, Dar I know Darren just loves driving the country, uh, just not in a U-Haul pickup truck. Right there, Darren? <laughs> that will never happen. You can do that all yourself and enjoy it. 
Well, I did do it all by myself. I just don't know if I enjoyed it. So, uh, but it was all, it was all good. We made it work. So, so anyway, welcome to 2022. Um, it looks like we haven't gotten too much relief uh, on Microsoft NCE, right? New commerce experience. Uh, they did push the kind of hard launch stop to June. Um, but for all, for all extent and purposes, this thing is moving forward. Uh, they have released all of the SKUs. They're now active and live. Um, a friend Nathan from Machine Logic over there in, in Denver area said, hey, you know, like end of February, so not this month, next month, is the cutoff to get somebody into a one-year term, not monthly, a one-year term, and not get the pricing increase. Like they'll still lock in under the lower pricing for that first year. And then next year on your renewal date, you will get that Microsoft price bump. So one of two things is going to happen here, folks. Either we're going to get, uh, you know, Hail Mary, you know, kind of, miracle occurring and they're going to change things for the better for us the, the microsoft partner or june is really the date and you can just proactively get ahead of it and start putting people into a non-monthly cycle uh, which would be an annual cycle I, I don't know if it makes sense to go into a three-year cycle uh, but a one-year term uh, but of course you're now handcuffed as part of those new rules where you can't deduct, you can add, you can increase your quantity and you have uh, like two or three days to cancel that increase. And after that is locked in, but you cannot reduce your quantity count. Uh, and you also cannot transfer that subscription between Microsoft partners during the term. So um, those are a couple of the wrinkles that we talked about in past conversations. Um, so you can either be proactive about it and just say, all right, I'm just going to assume that it's here and let's just start helping our customers save money for a year. Or you can hold out and hope that between now and June, something changes and we can still stay on their monthly schedule without the not just 20% increase, but 20% on top of 20%, 40%-ish uh, uh, to, to stay on their monthly, uh, you know, what we've pretty much been living this entire time. So that's... Uh, that's worth mentioning. I will say that uh, on another front, I'm gonna I'm gonna poke Darren here as long as he's not eating Chick Fil A because I'm behind on my Chick Fil A for the day, Darren. That's my next stop after this session, by the way. Um, for for those of you that don't follow, um, me and Darren, you know, are just collectors of Chick Fil A points. <laughs> so, Darren, how many points are you up to, buddy? Uh, let me see. Uh, let me get into that. Uh, let's see. 91,849. Yeah. So, I mean, you would think that after enough points, you could buy a Chick-fil-A franchise. That's not true, by the way. Um, no, they, don't, they don't do that, George. That's not their model. You, you I, I, I know. I know. But wouldn't it be fun to like... In another, in another life, it would be much better to just be uh, own and operate one Chick-fil-A, which is all you're allowed to do, and, you know, have Sundays off and be happy... Happy as hell. That's uh, that's how I would do it over again. <laughs> yeah, no, totally get it. But um, so 
after this, I'll be hitting Chick-fil-A. I'm, I'm, I'm underneath of you still. I still am at the 50,000-ish point range. I have to go pull up the app to figure out where I'm at. But you're, you're, you're two-to-one-ing me, man. I mean, I'm going to have to figure out a way to catch up. Just buy two meals a day instead of one. Do, do some do some catering, you know, cater for your staff. I mean, that's the I, easiest I, I mean, way. I, we do. I tell Sade this all the time. Make sure to do it on the app because then we get points. She's probably doing it on her own app, you know. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah, she, she figured it out, right? She's just a big chicken fan. I don't know about that, by the way. Um, anyway, she's more of a seafood fan, but yeah, you know, she'll tell you that. Um, but who doesn't like chicken? Uh, anyway, so so obviously Microsoft NC, get you know, figure out what how you want to you know address your customers and figure out how you want to handle it. But a lot of customers have since been raising their hands saying, she did say it's true, I'm a seafood fan, but you can't go wrong with chicken either. See, I told you, I told you. So a lot of a lot of customers I've been hearing from MSPs have been raising their hands saying whether they read it in an industry publication, whether they ran into a news article, but a lot of it has been more verticalized recently, at least the examples I've been getting, uh, where they're starting to hear peers in their own circles get hit with things like ransomware, get hit with things like, um, you know, uh, cybersecurity related topics. And then they're starting to raise their hand saying, hey, can you get me? any information on this or do you have a proposal you can get me on adding stuff and like man over the years how many times have i said man i just don't think that customer is going to pay and now they're coming back saying i don't want this to happen to me what do i got to do and it's just the flip is starting you know the script is totally flipping now uh where you're the customer is now in a position where they understand that they don't want to be that guy in that in that uh you know in that uh, article right so a lot of it comes back to just blocking and tackling, right? I, I hate to say that security is a little bit of a um, uh, vaporware type conversation. There's just so many products out there and they, a lot of them do overlap. Uh, but at the end of the day, do they actually help you, right? It's about lowering your risk. We keep on saying that on these sessions. So, you know, like Darren, for example, you brought on a product recently, I think at the end of last year, Drop Suite, right? And one of your big things you were concerned, I think at the time was making sure all your 365 accounts and not just 365 email, but like OneDrive and Teams and SharePoint were all backed up, right? And like, that was, that's like a simple checkbox that like so many people don't check yet. It's the first thing you should do. I, I, I to, to be, you know, I had been using uh, both Drop Suite and another product and I decided to standardize, but we had been making Drop Suite or, or this category of product optional. And I decided to make it not optional that um, we were making you use it uh, in every situation, whether it was something you think you needed or not, which is what we do with security stuff. But we just decided it was prudent to do that. And we were still in the process of moving over a number of people from hosted exchange to 365. Um, so we were, uh, we were making it mandatory. Got it. And so like, listen, for the extra three, four or $5, whatever it is, like it's such a small amount of money, right? It almost makes sense to Darren's point is just included as part of the user ad, right? And just as part of the conversation so that, you know, you don't get that bad phone call one day saying, Hey, I can't access any of my stuff. And, you know, don't forget guys, like, whether it's a, another solution or it's a, a, a Microsoft 365, like Microsoft's really only holding on to that data uh, 
from a retrieval uh, conversation for like 30 days, right? And like OneDrive can be encrypted, right? Like bad things can happen on just the Microsoft defaults. And they'll even admit that, right? So checkbox, checkbox. And quite frankly, full workstation imaging like to the cloud is becoming so affordable. I'm starting to hear a lot of MSPs just check the box and just add it, right? Especially with all the people working remotely and distributed and working from home. Like there is no centralized quote unquote backup of their system. Uh, like it used to be back in the day, redirected folder, stuff like that. I'm starting to hear a lot of MSPs just say, hey, I'm just adding it to the per device cost or per user cost, right? We're just adding an imaging agent onto the device and we just start backing up straight to the cloud. So like a lot of the stuff's come, it's like uh, flat panel TVs, right? When they first came out, they were you know, like $5,000 a TV. Now you, you, you know, every, you know, you can go forget Black Friday, just go into any Walmart or Best Buy and you just see TVs in the middle of the, of the floor on sale, right? So you can get it for 150 bucks. The prices come down so oh, much. George, those aren't the good ones. Just be clear. Okay. You still no, no, spend I, a I got you. Good. It's not the 4K, right? I got you. I got you. But like, it's also not the tube TV that my, one of my guys just went and picked up in the back of his you know, station wagon either, right? Like, you know, like <laughs> it's a flat, flat panel TV, 1080p, whatever. So my point to you is because the price has come down to what should be reasonable, right? Or affordable now. These are things that you should just automatically be checking, right? And like, I find it very interesting that with all this concentration on security, right? Security, 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 security. The regular stuff that all of the IT service providers and MSPs had to be, you know, been doing this whole time, that didn't just stop, right? Like the help desk calls and the regular, you know, Microsoft application support and like your computer's running slow and, like all of the other stuff that normally pops up just in the day to day, like that didn't stop just because you're concentrating on security. Right. So like, I find it very interesting the people who are like, yeah, I don't even sell that anymore. I'm like, how can you not sell the infrastructure and the plumbing and, and, and all the other stuff that comes with making sure that they have a working solution. You know, you can't, you know, like don't get too verticalized that you're just selling one thing, you know, from a security standpoint. You know, you got to you know, have a holistic approach. And I'm sure I'm not, I'm sure that's not falling on deaf ears, right? Coming out of, you know, the pandemic years here. I mean, having a lot of flexibility and Swiss army knife uh, approach really keeps people in a better position than uh, narrowing how you generate revenue, right? Uh, I think that's super, super duper important. One of the things that's, I mean, again, I, you know, I'm coming from VoIP land a little bit, but that's just one part of it. I mean, the DDoS attacks are pretty, or similar style attacks are pretty like front and center still, right? Coming out of 2021. I mean, obviously we, we heard bandwidth.com and a lot of those other guys, but like how many times did AWS or Google or Azure go down in 2021? Like a lot, like more than we want to admit, right? Because major companies are doing not just the tools we're using, right? Not just your you know, RMM PSA vendor. I'm talking about the stuff that people use every day, right? The Netflixes and the PayPals and the Venmos and the whatever, like that kind of like ring doorbells, right? Like that kind of stuff was affected. So like, I know it's an age old story, but like people almost like, oh, move to the cloud, move to the cloud, move to the cloud. I'm not anti-cloud here. I just want to be very clear. I'm not saying I'm anti-cloud. 
But like that conversation with just because it's on somebody else's server in one data center or region, it's the same problem more or less than the server closet, right? If that data center goes down, now what? You just hope that it goes down less than the closet. Well, in 2021, <laughs> there are a lot of people that said, no, my closet stayed running more than the cloud. Um, I hate to say that. I'm not saying that. But like multiple regions are have to be part of the design if you're really going to put all in uh, on the cloud. And, and this is one of the questions that you almost need to ask your upstream vendors, right? Because you're selling SaaS and software as a service to your customers. And then when they have a problem, they come to you, right? You're the one that's selling it to them. And it's not you, right? And we talked about this. We have people like Brad Gross on who's like, hey, don't white label everything. Be a little bit transparent and say, if it's Microsoft. If Microsoft's down, here's a link to Microsoft being down. It's not me, right? I'm just trying to help you. So a little bit of transparency. Well, well, George, what he says is don't white label anything. And that's, I mean, that's just reasonable advice today. I mean, that's always how I've done things. And I think anybody that's white labeling anything is just totally, as he says, asking for a total disaster. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, Darren, I just, it still comes up in conversations every day. Well, can I put my logo on this? Can I brand this? Can I put my URL on this? Can I, can I completely just make it, you know, uh, darrencloud.com? Yeah, you well, can, but. People, people <laughs> all, all I'll say respectfully is people that have that approach need to wake up and look in the world around them because it that's that's a 10 year ago way of doing things so yeah i i definitely do think that there's something to be said for making sure um you know making sure that you you go back and revisit these things some of these things you've been doing for a long long time you've been working with these solutions for a long long time even just something as simple as quickbooks right they're trying to phase out quickbooks desktop you go to quickbooks online Okay, if QuickBooks is down that day, it's not you, it's into it, right? But like, what's their plan? What's their SLA? A lot of vendors are pushing to go to the SaaS model, obviously, for, for reasons we all know. Uh, but um, you still need to ask the question. And by the way, just because it's in the cloud doesn't mean that their support's available 24 hours a day either, right? Um, I was working with uh, 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 you know, a customer you know, from an MSP nature. And their vendor came to them and said, hey, we want to move you from prem-based to cloud-based. And we're like, okay, yeah, surprise, surprise. But then their, their support was still eight by five. And I'm like, so what happens on Saturdays, Sundays, and weekend and at nights if your system goes down and your only support's only available from eight to five or whatever? Like, how does that work? And they're like, you just wait till the next day. And I'm like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> so I was like, you know, so I told the decision maker of that particular, you know, entity, I'm like, you need to decide if that's good enough for you or else that could be an issue. Right. So here's Keith Nelson. I'm going to add him because I know he wants to, I know what he's going to say. He's missed me on a couple of times now. So I want to get, give him his outlet to be able to just put it all out there. Keith, you can unmute when you're ready. I know you're, I know you're just itching for a conversation about, you know, America's team. There, there, as you know, there's only one real America's team in all sports, the Dallas Cowboys. And, and I think we handled you quite easily. So, 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 so don't drop off guys. We're going to get right back to the tech talk. I just want to set the story straight because, you know, Keith, you know, is very adamant about certain things that may not be hundred percent factual. So let's talk about a couple of things, Keith. One, that was a preseason game. 
Like you kept your starters in until the fourth quarter, you know, Cowboys, Eagles in Philadelphia and the Eagles didn't start 16 of their 22 starters. You're, you're effectively starting against the B squad and the C squad. And then as the game progressed, it became the D squad and the E squad. Cause they literally signed like 15 people off the practice squad. Yeah. Just I, I know team. what you're talking about. Like we didn't have dicks. I know what you're talking about. We have people on, <laughs> on COVID reserve. Um, yeah. But seriously, um, I think it was an important um, game for the Cowboys to do that. Listen, I understand why they did it. Yeah. Every team knows what keeps them motivated. I mean, you you know, and I know for anyone that's been around sports for, for, for a long time, uh, the best ability is availability and health really dictates a lot of things because if they're not available, then it doesn't matter. I mean, look at, Look at Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Defending Super Bowl champions. You know, Philadelphia is getting no love going into that game in Tampa this upcoming weekend. And like half their starters aren't available. I mean, I get it. Tom Brady, best of all time. You can, you know, take somebody off the street to make them, you know, you know, into an all-star, but like it doesn't actually work that way. You do well, need to have some talent on the field. Well, you have to combine it with the right kind of mode. First of all, I think our coach is mediocre at best. I'll give you that. I I agree. I don't understand why they even hired him, to be honest. I don't think he's a motivator. I don't think the team comes out ready. I don't think he's good at adjustments. And so I think based on all those things, we needed to go kick the Eagles ass. Okay. Now, if you put that in context, you know, because – you needed to give a younger team without a leader, without a real motivator, confidence. Sure. So I get it. You know, people go, why did they do that? I go, because Dak should become familiar with a few more receivers and options. He needs his confidence. When he's confident, he plays better. When he gets unconfident, that lasts a few games. I mean, you see. Sure. sure. So I get why they did that. And I think defensively, um, missing some of our stars, our highlight guys. Micah Parsons was probably the pretty big one that I would highlight for sure. Dicks. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not very deep in our secondary. Yeah. So we, we needed other guys to get some confidence and, you yeah. know, uh, and, and I agree it would, you know, not going against your first team, but confidence is confidence. And so I, yeah. I, I, I think there's some, I mean, the, the, if somebody got injured in that game, Keith, you'd be singing a slightly different tune. Just oh, I did. I would, but I, I, it's like I have to go with the coach I have. I, I got you. And, I mean, I think it's going to be a – you know, I hope that you're not overconfident going into this 49ers-Cowboys uh, game because if Jimmy G shows up and plays the way that he did this past week, you got a hard game on your hands, man. I mean, I, well, first of all, my son that played college football, so I have to be nice because he was a defensive lineman and he can come kick my ass whenever he wants. Um, he's a big 49er fan. Yeah. And so what worries me more than Jimmy G is 49ers running game. Yeah. Now, even though we're supposedly number 16 and defending against the run, I don't see it most of the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, you guys, you guys just had a shitty game plan. I mean, we didn't have any game plan at all. We just basically said, Hey, a hot dog guy, come here and put a helmet on. We're going to put you into the game because nobody was playing. That was the game plan, Keith. I mean, so. Well, no, you, you were running and then you just abandoned it for no reason. But by the way, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of end on this, on this point, Mr. Uh, Cheating and Putin and all this other stuff you like to say. (laughs) So, so it came out 
four days prior to the game that your coach knew that this game was getting flexed five weeks ago. And my coach didn't find out until the week of. I so have like, said over and over again that the NFL is a horrible organization. Um, I wouldn't doubt that they. Uh, he said he favoritism. knew about it. He said he had a plan for it. And I'm like, wait a minute. They're supposed to make these changes the week of. How did he know this all ahead of time? But he did. I don't think we even have. I mean, I don't even know what roughing the passer is. I guess it depends on what quarterback you're playing. Sure. So I, I would agree. It's very inconsistent. And, and that inconsistency is, is, is problematic. And, and I, all across the board, no matter who you are, uh, people say the NFL officiating is less than professional. And what? I think that, so, 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 so. I so agree with you. I would, I would not deny that occurred. So good luck to you this weekend. And, uh, and, and, and I know that's hard for me to say as I'm a Philadelphia fan and not a big Dallas guru, but good luck to you and your team. And who, who knows, we may find each other again in the NFC championship game. I think your team's scary. And I think the Bengals are scarier than people give them credit. Joe. I would, I would not want to face the Bengals. Yeah. They're good, but Hey, my team can run. Just, I got five active runners on the roster right now going into this game. Five. Well, no, you got, I think besides five active runners, you have a solid line mm. and real good schemes. I okay. mean, I'm writing have, it down. Keith said this. Everybody pay attention. It's recorded. Yeah. No, I give you credit where credit's due. Okay. It's just that it's just that your general manager's Putin. I mean, I give you that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the Carson the most- Wentz trade, the Carson Wentz trade this was great. We got a first and a third round pick. The guy didn't even make the playoffs. And I got three picks going into the first round for this year. I still don't forgive you for cheering when Michael Irvin was hurt and <laughs> throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. Okay, I have a long minute. memory. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just, let's just put the story straight. I wasn't alive when they threw snowballs at Santa Claus for the record. So I was, I was there. Out. I'm Santa Claus. Okay. I'm going to point that out. I wasn't even on this earth. Okay. <laughs> and number two, I can't help that our stadium was so bad. It was effectively concrete with paint on it. I mean, I I tell people that all the time. The vet was literally the worst place to play. And that was part of the thing of coming to Philly, right? You didn't want to come. So, yes. Anyway, uh, Pete, I'm welcoming you onto the line. Pete from our buddy marketing guru. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk football because my team is just horrible at this point. So yeah, they, the NFC East is well represented here. Pete's a, a Giants fan. Pete, you know, uh, you know, you're, I have nothing. General, I have nothing bad manager, to but go general, Eagles. Yeah, your general manager retired, thankfully, and then like they said, your uh, coach is still going to be there. We'll see. Um, right. Which, by the way, Pete's coach actually went to my high school for whatever. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, interestingly enough. So, Pete, you talk to a lot of MSPs all day long. I just I started the show talking about NCE and do you just buy into it and start locking people into their one year kind of rates to save them some money or not? And then we talked about, hey, going back and starting to do some relooking about stuff that you may have just not paid attention to for a while. Right. Which is some of the checkboxes that may have not seemed affordable in the past. We talked with Darren about drop suite and, you know, just backing things up that before were unaffordable or just doing image based backup now to the cloud, which seems to be coming a lot more affordable and just a checkbox. And we also talked about, hey, the cloud, <laughs> all those guys out there, especially on the channel Strong Tour, Pete, remember that one guy in South Jersey that's like, 
what's the cloud? I'm like, how are you in technology? Uh, but all those guys who are like, hey, my closet stayed up and running, but the cloud went down a lot in 2021, right? So I'm like, hey, you know, just because you're in one data center doesn't mean that it's going to stay running. But all of that aside, we're almost two weeks into January. And I was mentioning earlier in the show that for the first time in what feels like 20 years, where for that, that whole period, like you were wondering, I don't even, is my customer willing to pay more? I feel like every time we get into a pricing conversation, they just push back and they don't want to pay. Now they seem to be raising their hand saying, what do I need to spend in order to not be the guy on this article saying that my whole business got shut down and then we ended up retiring instead of trying to resurrect it. Like for the first time, I think like the end, the end users coming to the technology provider saying, what, like, please send me a proposal. I want to actually not, you know, worry about this. Are you seeing that across your 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 MSP customer base? I am seeing. Yeah, I did unmute myself. Okay. <laughs> um, I am seeing um, rate increases, and I am seeing them accepted relatively easily compared to past. Uh, people are seeing the inflation, the shortages, and realizing that um, it's not just somebody trying to raise rates or go. They realize that there is a true impact out there right now. From, from the shortages as well, and, and not just product, but labor. Yeah. There's labor shortages. So they realize that um, they know that they're having to pay more. And I got to tell you, on LinkedIn, I've seen more advertisements for people in the last week than I have ever seen at the first of the year anywhere. So there's there's more job vacancies in the and the the – I don't know. I saw some reports that said um, the great resignation is going on this month where people are just resigning because they know they can do better or they think they can do better uh, because there's rates, right? The grass is always greener on the other side. So they're looking over that picket fence and and thinking that there's another pasture that they can jump into. But um, I I am seeing it. I am hearing it. And it's pretty interesting to watch. I I don't know where it's all going to fall out or what where it's going to go. I mean, we're, we're feeling some impacts ourselves. You know, we've, we've got an increase in business and, you know, we've, we've had to do some hikes and I thought it would be hard even for us to raise our rates because we're that overhead item, right. Being a marketing company. Right. And we're not seeing it. We, we raised, uh, you know, we launched the new website. We posted our prices, transparency, and, and even people are saying, yeah, okay, I get it. Huh. You have to do it. So to your point, uh, I posted two or three, uh, two job postings. Actually, I have four positions to fill, so they're duplicates. Uh, I posted that December 31st. So we're 11, let's call it 12 days in because I posted that night right before New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 600 applicants. I mean. Wow. That's amazing. But, you know, how do you sift through the. Uh, I, I don't want to say, how do you sift through the noise to the real applicants that really, or people just, you know, like last year I got the best application. I, I, I can laugh about it to this day. And you and I chat all the time. I never, I never shared this, but I got one and it said, I want to become the best graphic artist it is, but I'm a truck driver. Honk, honk, honk. Wow. And that, that was his entry line on his application. And I said, honk, 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 sorry. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, um, there's a lot of creative type ways that people are, are doing based on their jobs. I, you know, well, um, it just, it just, it, 
I mean, there's still this um, unstoppable force means a movable object, right? Like flipping jobs, great. Trying to get more money, great. But like, you also need to do the work. Like you can't just not work and get paid. And like, that's like always the knock on the millennial generation, like do the littlest amount of work possible. But you know, I'm the VP of whatever and I'm making a ton of money. Um, part And then the other problem is moving too quickly, right? Like if you've jumped jobs like multiple times within the same calendar or even like 12 month rolling period, that doesn't look good either, right? Like <laughs> how at some point there's going to be, you know, a reverb back on you just jumping to jump now. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that I find interesting and that the, the report was, is that it seems like people don't care if they have a gap right now because it's going. So um, it's not about, it, it's about money, but it's also about experience. People are saying, oh, we've been burned out. We're working at home. Like for years, everybody was saying, gosh, I would just love to work at home and earn the same money. So they're working at home, getting the same money. Their employers have set them up with offices. Some of them have bought them desks and chairs and things. And then they turn around and they've got all this great equipment and they leave on their own volition. They don't return what what came to them and then they want a, a good positive reference <laughs> and they don't care if they have a gap in their resume because there's just so many jobs out there that they feel like it's like y2k right when y2k came you were just trying to get level one text just so you could staff the help desk for when that clock struck 12 and everything blew up and then nothing happened Right. Very, very. So they're just thinking that they can command the salary, command the experience and and do what they want with no repercussions. And at some point that's going to fall back. And these people are going to sit here and say, wow, now nobody wants to hire me. They'd rather do without than bring somebody in that's had gaps or. And there was another big article about gaps and how gaps don't matter right now because people are starving to fill the billets. I, I don't know where it goes from here. It's a confused world. Well, I, and, 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 and I have mentioned about some of the topics you just brought up in past, you know, you know cut up across several past calls. But like, you know, the, the whole returning of the equipment thing, that, that really, that, that hits home with me, right? Because it's like, hey, I went out of my way to get you really good setup, right? And I, mm -hmm. I didn't like, you know, go to the Black Friday Walmart, you know, special and got you the $50 computer that barely runs. Like if I spent real money and it didn't work out, well then, you know, there's really not an easy way to, you know, even if they agree to it, even if they sign to it, right? Like the whole, hold the last paycheck or whatever, right? Like they don't send it back. You got to go through a lot of steps to try and begin the process of trying to get either the value of that equipment back or the equipment itself. And it just seems like that's happening way too often. Uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, fortunately for a company like us, we're small, but I mean, you think about it, we're a marketing agency, right? So we have to pay for some pretty expensive equipment, like, yeah. you know, Mac, good Macs for people that are doing graphics and high-end type stuff and video are not cheap. So wow. it's a big investment and, and we're having to rethink, you know, granted, we only have some of it out there, but moving forward, do we have to change that strategy and just say, uh, you buy something and put it on your credit card and we'll pay the monthly bill as long as you're an employee or 
you know, what, what's the strategy I mean, there? I, mean, I don't, I, mean, that, I don't know what that right solution is anymore. That's all. That's almost like the, you know, the AT&T Verizon T-Mobile play, right? Where it's like, Hey, like you're going to trade your device in, and then we're going to give you a credit on your bill for the 24 month. <laughs> like it's almost the same. It's almost because they're getting the device up front. Right. But they're only right. giving you your money back in slices. Um, I mean, it, you, you might have something there, Pete, but very frustrating. Yep. But I, I don't I don't know what we're going to do with this labor labor thing. But, you know, it's it's going to increase prices everywhere because the labor costs more. The products are costing more. And at some point, the products will catch up. Will the vendors then drop their price when the supply comes back? My guess is, is some might some will hold where they are because they've lost so much after the last two years of their, you know, they've, they've got to hold the line to recover a little bit. Although yeah. I I did read another article on a, I, I forget what organization it is, but the, uh, oh, I think you posted it on the Apple CEO. Yeah. Where, where he's, he's taking a percentage of increase and his employees median. Was it you that posted that or somebody else? I, I, but, I think I mentioned it on, on one thing that I posted, but I mean, I know what you're but, talking about, right? Where those are crazy numbers. Well, I mean, we could, we could get into a whole other conversation about proper compensation and what, what's right, what's wrong for the people in charge versus the people on the front lines. I mean, especially in corporate America, right? Where these guys like, you know, to, you know, I'm going to say Roger Goodell, Keith might go off on a tangent, but that dude's getting paid $64 million a year. I mean, it's not a small amount of money for one guy. Um, So now you're talking about somebody who's, you know, in charge of a major tech company. I mean, they're pulling in tens of millions of dollars, if not more. Um, I mean, Jeff Bezos, right? I mean, guy can't give his money uh, away fast enough or uh, Musk, right? I mean, uh, we, you know, so on and so forth. So bottom line is coming back to MSP land, right? How do you handle all of these people trying to, you know, who want remote jobs and then like nobody actually wants to go out in the field, right? Like at some point, something will break where hands are required and nobody wants to go out of their house. I mean, yeah. somebody has to do it, right? I don't know the uh, solution with that, but that's, uh, you know, I was talking with one MSP and I said, you know, how are you, we're all, we're all concerned with cyber liability insurance and we want to hear from the, the cyber. I said, but here's another lawsuit that's waiting in the wings. I go out and I do service for you and I get COVID. Now I have something else and it's going to come back to you as an insurance play. And, and are you even thinking about that? And they said, you know what? I, I don't even want to do touch that subject. I don't want to do webinars with insurance guys that talk about that subject. Let's stick to the cyber, right? Because they're afraid to, to set the seed that that could happen. Sure. And it's a reality. So I think we're, you know, there's just the costs are, are going through the roof and it's just, I don't know. I don't know where the, the top is before we, we get back down. Sorry, I had to step away. I had to let my uh, pond guy in. We're uh, redoing some in my koi pond here in the ghetto. Um, so I'm, I'm adding a bigger waterfall that, and some that, other that, stuff. That, that, that's okay. I, 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 brought well, up Keith, the word, I brought up the word Roger Goodell. I said, I can't wait for Keith to go off on this because he makes $64 million a year as one man, right? That's not like his department, his team. Like, that's just yeah. like, And that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for one guy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's way too much. But I think what Keith really said though when he came back into the conversation was, 
he had to leave us because he had bigger fish to fry. He fried his fish yeah. and he came back. There it is. <laughs> There's that peak. <laughs> um, so, so, so I'm going to poke on Darren because he's been quiet eating his Chick-fil-A in the background. So, so Darren, you know, are you worried about what the 2023 premium for, for your insurance plan is based on what you saw in 2022? Um, my, my 2022 premium was not, um, was not as bad as I thought. The process was a lot more involved. So um, it was, um, and, and I feared it would be worse than it ended up being in comparison to 2021. But yeah, I mean, the whole evolution of what's going on and um, it's, it's, uh, it's a concern because what do you, it's not like, oh, sorry, I'm not going to pay this. So uh, yeah, I'm just going to not have it. And, you know, going elsewhere is also not, necessarily you know once you have an established relationship with the carrier and you it, it's it's really not um the kind of thing where you it's not like auto insurance oh yeah let's go move around i mean you know um and, and, just, and then just, and uh, then also the well just give me what i had last year doesn't work like the questionnaire has grown by pages yeah yeah i um i will start the process earlier than i did and uh i actually hope for some for uh, some potential change in, in my particular situation with a lot of the, one, one of the things that I had brought up and, and I mentioned it directly to the, the carrier, well, the, the agency I use is, you know, we don't have a centralized office and have it in a very long time. And a lot of the questions were, I mean, a good number of them were related directly. If you were following them, what they were asking was stuff that would really only be applicable to a centralized office infrastructure scenario. So I hope there's some evolution in that as more people um, go down the road of getting rid of their actual offices and, and doing things in a more distributed uh, way. So we'll see. Yeah. I think you have an interesting dynamic. Um, and I and I consult with some legislation in California. So uh, um, you have an interesting dynamic. You have a business that's undefined. And I say this often over and over again, the first trademark use of the term MSP or managed service provider was an air conditioning company. So be that as it may. It's in a California, in the world? It's, a, it's the only one they could find. It's, it's about 25 years old in California. Okay. So, but, but, but there is no, I've gone back and forth and you know, I've talked about it. Someone brought it up and I said, um, the attorney general finally defined what an MSP is, specifically to say who would be liable in lawsuits. So we have kind of a wild, wild west on two ends. Um, we have uh, insurance trying to get their arms around cybersecurity. And, and remember, those are attorneys. Those are people that understand. We've said this before. Go to school, pass the bar, become a lawyer. That's how you become something. And so. We're, we're in a wild world where they don't know how to assess us either. So I have found in doing some of the forensic audits I've done is you can really lead an underwriter and a claims adjuster if you know what you're talking about. So just remember that when you're filling out the application, you can actually teach them because they don't know what they're doing. Hmm. So do, you do that well, with, with whatever, you, however you want to take that, but. Well, I mean, listen, my, pro my problem is, Keith, the people who like these insurance companies have clearly gotten help from the outside to redo their questionnaires. 
but the questionnaires are written in such a way where they're very one black or white sided, right? Meaning like, hey, do you have MFA on every network appliance in your in your infrastructure? And it's like, what if the device isn't capable of being accessed? What if it's a dummy switch off the shelf that isn't managed? It's unmanaged, right? Exactly like, my point. Exactly. So I have gone through that and educated them. That's exactly the point. You say, not just it's, it's unavailable. You explain why it's a, a mitigated risk factor. You say it only does this, this, and this. And, and here's the perimeter we have around it. It's a questionnaire that they, they just, have you ever gotten a, a, like a CCW? Mm-mm. Okay, so they ask you a lot of general questions and you're going, there's a lot of room to explain things. You're going, they have to start somewhere. So they use a framework because remember, they didn't understand, this is all new. So I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm telling people like, don't be, don't be overly frustrated with it. It's all new. You can explain it. It's not black and white. And so you go through and you say, here's my exceptions. And what they want to see most likely is you have a plan, you have a design, and I've gone through this with people. Now, on the other side, from the insurance perspective, and I've done quite a few audits, and I talked to a friend of mine in the Vaca Network who does a lot of remediation. We come in and look at it and say, you have this firewall sitting here, and no one's looked at logs since you installed it. I mean, this is like over 85%. I just totaled it up the other day. 87% of the audits I did had no log collecting and remediation. And they go, we don't know why we got attacked because you weren't protecting the network. So I think in, in some point, there's a, there's a balance we have to come up with. And that's my long point that I went around. We have to come up with a balance. We have to deliver quality service and we have to make sure that we're at the table when people are discussing litigation and insurance and legislation. And I don't know how we get to the table because I've, I've been involved in a couple seminars, but everyone wants to kind of do their own thing. You have the different organizations and it's time for ASCII and Comtia and I'll forget a bunch of them. They all need to be on the exact same page. Yeah. I mean, but why, if they were going to be on the exact same page, it would have been on the page already. I mean, these, these organizations you just brought up, they've been around for a long time. But they're all competing. They're all like, let's each address this separately. And I'm saying, no, let's address this together. And as I sat with legislation in California, the first thing they said was, let's make them all degreed. And I said, wait a minute, we do have training. And I was explaining this to them, uh, the assembly majority leader. And I, and I started going through the programs on CompTIA and the vendor training and so on. You know about that. I know about that. The legislature doesn't know about that. Sure. So well, I mean, the, the pro, yeah, and and this and we we're always going to touch on this topic one way or another. But the people making the laws are very much unaware of what's actually happening, and sometimes the laws are way behind what the actually is happening in real time in modern day. And the people who are writing the law have no realistic understanding of you know what what's actually there and how it works. So I, I can't tell you how many times when I hear judges make rulings and they're like. You know, in their in their closing statement, they'll be like, I don't like technology. I don't want to like technology. I don't want to know about technology. Making somebody else's problem. Boom. And you're like, what? What what did you just say? Like, like, you know, like they just made a ruling to make a ruling. And, you you know, with the you know, you're just going to have to take it to the next guy upstairs and let him figure it out or her figure it out. Yeah, but 
So, you know what? I'll tell you a, a little variation on your theme, which is very true. Someone's advising it, and it's not us. I what sat there it? and I, I looked at the, the people that beat us to the table, the insurance companies, because they're basically saying, you're forcing people to get insurance and we don't want to be liable for people that can't secure the networks for our customers. And then the big providers, there's bigger, you know, the best buys, and everyone says, best buy can't do what we do. And you're going like, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. They're lobbying. That's why I try, when I sat in one of the groups, I said, I wish you guys would all get together, every one of the big industry groups, and let's lobby our position and which is simply, let's go out and educate legislatures in our jurisdiction. Hey, yeah, I may okay. not have a degree. And remember, I'm a guy talking with degrees. I may not have a degree in my wall, but here's why I can do what I do. And here's the processes I follow. And here's how my in industry, which is made up of vendors and, and associations and community, how we educate ourselves and keep up to date. Otherwise, you have the people that have money, academia, which says, oh, wait, we want to have, we want people to have to buy degrees from us. So they're legislating. We have insurance companies that say, we want an excuse not to pay claims. So they're, they're uh, lobbying. And we're sitting there at home going like, this doesn't sound fair. You're going like, well. Yeah, cl it, claims not getting paid out. I mean, that's the worst case scenario, right? I mean, that's really what it is. Um, I mean, despite, you know, the larger issue of what started a claim, but, um, but generally speaking, right, like, I, I'm going to rebring back up a point I brought on earlier in the call, there are things now that have come down in costs, right, I've used the flat screen TV, you know, analogy, there are things now that have come down in costs that, you know, let's say your entire system did get ransomware, and it is distributed, but for 10 bucks a month, if you imaged every computer to the cloud, and you could restore back in a day, you know, like, okay, so you lost a day. I'm just throwing a, a number out. Usually it takes more time, but let's say you lost a day of productivity. It's not like you're completely out of business with no chance of recovery unless you're negotiating with some guy in some country you don't know. Like, it's just little, little things that before you didn't even think were reasonable in terms of affordability. Now in 2022, they've turned out to come down in price and you might need to revisit those things just as you know, your, your backup plan. I mean, not just traditional backup, but like, what is your DR strategy? And how did you sell them? You know, you said, let's take, for instance, your AV, which has changed yeah. from, if you're old, like me, it used to be Norton. Yeah. And so that, back, yeah, exactly. And so remember this when you're, when you're educating your customer and walking them through this, the crap you have to replace is probably the crap you sold it. So sure. that's an important part of this procedure is constantly educating them instead of selling a commodity, which says for $99 a month, I take care of each device. You sell them a process, a business process and, uh, and a value statement. Your statement's exactly right. $10 a month because you're Mr. Businessman, your business expense, your biggest is labor. That's true. In fact, at some point, I, I told you the story at Boeing where we used to just replace a computer instead of fixing it. And then we take the computer upstairs to the lab and figure out what's wrong because they were sharing five machinists to one on the final assembly for C-17 and having $1,200 computers used to spare change was minute compared to the labor cost. Yeah. 
And too many MSPs sell these things as here's a cost, here's a cost, here's a cost, and saying, here's a value, here's a value, here's a value. Well, I mean, it, you know, our industry, like everyone else's industry, is a little bit cyclical, right? Like, are we now going back, and I've said this before, especially with the Microsoft conversation, are we, should we now be going back to being consultants rather than pick your favorite marketing term, Pete not attacking you, you know, as, as Keith said, managed services provider started off as like an HVAC company, which is funny. But um, like instead of, you know, like the industry has wired everybody to bundle, package and sell. Maybe we need to unwire and go back to, hey, I'm your, I'm your, you know, just like you have a lawyer, you have an accountant, I'm your technology consultant. And like my job is not to white label everybody else's solution. My job is to make sure you have what you need uh, based on what your situation is. Right. And like, I still, think, I still think, uh, I still think that the idea of a micro marketplace is the way that the MSP gets themselves out of Dodge when it comes to this selling, reselling of products and services. You know, if- I think white labeling for the most part is ego. Let me make okay. me seem bigger than I am, but it cuts okay. off. It cuts off. You're right. The industry has come up with gurus who said, hey, let's sell like Kmart. Let's do some blue light selling because it's faster. And you have to agree that that package price, but you're going, what you also taught the customer is we're not a service industry. We're a price industry. Like you're driving around and you say, there's no difference between shell gas and Chevron gas. I just look at the billboard. So it's something we need to do internally. And you're going like, we're not selling technology. Not even close. We're selling business processes. We're selling service delivery. We're selling value. And so if you're not having the discussion of how does this flow into the business processes to make your employees more productive, how, and we've talked about this before, we're selling to your customer's customer. Mm -hmm. How do I make your customer's experience better which means I'm enhancing your business. So forget thinking about me as a cost. I'm a value. No, I agree. I mean, uh, I just, you know, unfortunately how human, the human element is, is if you recommended it or you sold it, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately in technology world, you know, like, like we said earlier, right? Uh, Amazon goes down, you know, Microsoft goes down. Like people have problems. Like I don't want to be, in the middle of that company taking responsibility for whatever the technology is that they're providing. Um, so I would, you know, back to, you know, some great advice from a friend, Brad Gross, which we'll have back on at some point um, provided by, you know, when you're quoting stuff out, you know, obviously in your MSA it should be spelled out, but when you're quoting stuff out provided by, right. Hey, your email system is provided by Microsoft. You know, your, you know, your backup solution is provided by, right. Like, that way people, you know, understand right up front, hey, I'm not, in, you know, coding, you know, all of your solutions in my basement, right? Like, I'm just trying to bring what I feel is the best fit based on what your requirements are. Exactly. And then uh, the next step is always important is, I think we dropped the ball where we say, let's help the business plan to live without technology. And we've had this discussion. If you walked into a hotel where we're the MSP for and you're, you've been on the flight, you know, for six hours and, you, and you're tired and the Uber was late. You don't want to hear, my computer doesn't work, so I can't get your ass in a bit. Yes. 
you're going like that doesn't matter. Then they then they give you a key. You walk in, and somebody's already in that room. (laughs) No, not if you have demand. You know what? Life existed before there was computers. This is true. I could tell you this: we can dispatch the entire West Coast ports, which is a pretty fairly substantial operation in size. If the whole system's down, and we practice it, we document it. Uh, and it's it's like you go back to manual. But by the way, what we replaced was guys writing out tickets and handing it to longshoremen, and that's still available. I would I would, I would love to see an MSP. Um, I would like to see an MSP pull out the manual for how to run an MSP without technology. All right, so the ticketing system's down. What do you do? Uh, paper and pencil? Huh? <laughs> Nothing wrong uh, with that. I, I mean, Excel spreadsheet. Uh, you know, and, and for your customers, it's really easy. Uh, you make sure that your, your hospitality customers have, if they're restaurants, they have the tickets, they have the pencils. It's all ready. It's very done. And, they, and you know what? You do it for one session a quarter. You say, for lunch today, we're running without computers. Hmm. I would love to see what the exercise is for an MSP to run for a day or a half a day without all the technology that they use to run their business. What would, I would love to see what that looks like. Maybe we should run a little experiment. Yeah. It would be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah. It would give, and it would give us a feeling of how we need to protect our customers. Yeah. Cause now you, now you know how they feel. You know, they walk in and they go, I expect to push this button and this shit to ha- stuff to happen. And you're going, well, guess what? what? How do I live without the button? Yeah. Huh. And by the way, you should, if you're really selling business process engineering or re-engineering, you should start at manual. That's how we did like the final assembly for Boeing. That's how we did the shot, the ports. I said, show me how you do it. Talk to me like I'm stupid, which is easy because I am. And we spent weeks just looking, how do you do this manually? And then we did it with sticky notes on the wall. And so we understood what was underneath the technology. We built the technology from there up and it collapses back down when you need it to. And you're you're not wrong. I mentioned the example earlier today. Hey, it's great you're using calculator, but how many times back in school did you say, but you need to show your work? Uh Uh-huh. Same idea. when When we had the terrorist attack in San Bernardino, we had to cut checks. We had 40,000 consumers. Within 24 hours, while the FBI had the entire campus locked down, cut off all external and internal access to our systems, we were cutting checks to keep special needs people functioning within 24 hours. You know why? That's a lot. That's a lot of paper. It was set up. People knew. People knew to go to the failover site where the checks were, how to write them out, how to record them in the ledger. Hmm. We should, we should, we should, we should sponsor a little exercise. And I love all these guys who do all this security capture the flag stuff, all this. Hey, ru- show us how you run your MSP without the technology that you need to run your MSP for a day. What does it look like? I would love to see it. We should make a little yeah. extra out of it. Yeah. You're the man. You could do it. Hey, you know, I, I come up with interesting things. I got to tell you this, yeah. this morning I went to pick up uh, something from a welder. And I, I walked in the shop the other day, and I swear it was something like walking back into like 1920. They still had the big old machines that you crank with the multi-form 
paper and handwrite and then pull them apart, give you your copy. And Carbon I copy, came in man. today, I give him my copy. He puts it in the machine. He pulls the paper out of the bottom of the machine. He you know, lifts open the tray, pulls it out, say, okay, go, go see the girl in the window. She'll pay you or you, you pay her. And wow. I was almost surprised that they took a credit card. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I'll, it was, I'll, leave, said, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you guys on this story real quick. I'll be out the door since, you know, the key's a big football guy. In 2014, uh, the Eagles played the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Michael Vick was a quarterback. I rolled into the stadium and I found that no stadium uh, vendor, store, anything, even the pro shop, took credit card, only cash. It's 2014, not 1984, 2014. So, like, if you wanted to buy something, water, beer, sandwich, jersey, whatever, you had this. There was only four ATMs in the building provided by PNC. And you would literally stand in line for the ATM machine to get money out, cash, to actually buy stuff. And I'm like, they're literally running like a casino here, right? They got to have a money room, there's accounting, like, the whole building is running on cash the next year. You know, so I actually wrote, wrote a complaint, you know, the NFL sends surveys out when you go to games. So I wrote my survey. I'm like, this is not right. This is 2014. This is the only professional sporting stadium in America that, you know, <laughs> when he takes cash. So they actually sent me a, we apologize. I got a, like a, a coupon to, um, you know, NFL shop.com in 2015 credit card machines in Pittsburgh stadium. And now, in 2022, completely cashless. You can't even pay cash when you go to the stadium. That's the only thing yeah. on credit or debit. How about that? That is so amazing. I, I'd love to see them go back to cash. Could you imagine all those stadiums going back to cash? You know, here's the humor in the background. For whom the bell tolls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, think about it. Business... business you know, what did you do? I had a, I had a wise old guy when I first got into the business world, came out of the service. And my, my boss said to me, I kept, you know, they put me in charge of technology. So I kept putting a, a computer on his desk and he had that number two pencil with the pink pearl and the yellow line pad. And he kept saying, I have everything I need. This is my keyboard. As he would pick up his number two pencil with the pink pearl. And this is my screen being the tablet. And I would put a machine on his desk, configure it. And finally, what he said to me is, is, you know what? I have an admin. Can't you just set up something where she types or my admin types and it shows on my screen and I don't have to do anything. And so we had to set up like this mimic box that basically every time she put in an appointment, he could just see his calendar going up and he'd, he didn't have any, you know, this is the back in the early days when CC Mail was really the only business platform with Lotus Notes, right? So, but I, I just thought it was interesting. And that guy, to the day he retired, a computer would sit on his desk and all it did was get mimics so he could see. Wow. And he would yell out, hey, do I have any email? And she would display it up on his screen. Hmm. Interesting. It, it blew my mind. Wow. We, we, we should we should run a competition around this. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for checking in. Monday, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1 o'clock Eastern time, usually. Had a few bumps here over the last couple of weeks. But we will be back on Thursday. Uh, I know Keith 
you know, will be getting closer towards his uh, upcoming NFL game. And so will I, but this time, Keith, uh, uh, once again, I, I just follow the team. I will be in Tampa for the game. So uh, I don't yeah. know, when was the last time you were at Jerry world, Keith, huh? Um, last year. And I sent you the video on the big board and watched the game from the sideline. Okay. I think I showed you the pictures, right? I don't know if you did, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll have one more, we'll have one more session before, uh, before the weekend's games and uh, all this is online. Make sure to follow us at MSBinitiative.com. We'll catch you on the other side, guys. All right. Take it easy. I'll see you.